Hola, está. Welcome to Avengero Spotlight. Ah, uh, no. No, 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 no. Can can you can you introduce it in any other languages, Bill? Uh, Yavol. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, was ist das? Is guten Tag. Avengero Spot. Guten Tag, Avengero Spotlight. I feel like I'm reading Combat Kelly all over again. <laughs> what is this man doing here? Oh, sorry. Avengers Spotlight. You were. Oh wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> Not you, that. Are you gonna bring it in, Scott? No. Uh, why not? You never bring it in Avenger Spotlight. It'll be something new and novel. So somebody gonna bring this in, or are we gonna just weasel around all night? I'm I'm good with just weaseling around all night. To be honest. Hey, hello. Oh wait, that's that sounds like a rabbit, not not kind <laughs> of weasel. Hey, what's up, Doc? Uh, Welcome trust to me, you, you, you sound plenty weaselly. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Nice to know who my friends are. Hello, and welcome to Avengers Spotlight. We are careening headlong into the abyss of the end of the Celestial Madonna saga. Thank As someone God. posted <laughs> No, no, but we're we going to extend. <sighs> we're going to get to the end of it, and then we're going to pull it back in so we can get to some <laughs> no, George Perez no, no. in the Old West. Oh, oh please don't don't know me on that. It's George Perez drawing the Avengers in the Old West. It's awesome. There is a break though, right? I mean, we're not doing all the comics. We were on a break. This, right? Oh, well, we'll figure out which ones actually go into the story, and that's what we'll oh. do. We'll we'll discuss, and then I will veto whatever ideas the two of you have, even, and then we'll even one of we'll the go ahead and record. Complaining about the, are you guys done with the Celestial Madonna saga yet? <laughs> Well, the fact that we took like a couple of months off didn't help. <clears throat> Anyways, which book are we, we are doing tonight, Bill? Tonight we're doing Avengers 134 or Bill, 134. As, 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 our, as our musically inclined um, member of the staff here, do you know the song that never ends? This is the song. Okay, there yes. you go. This, this is, is the saga that never ends. Oh, this has been great. I've been loving this. This is the saga that never ends. It just goes on and on, my friends. Exactly. We started. This is the song that never ends. Exactly. Celestial to Madonna to the tune of the Ipanipa thing. Ipanipa, okay. Ipanipa? Ipanipa. Ipanipa. We have any Avengers news? 
by the time this comes out, well, I guess we'll be closer to uh, Infinity War. And as we discussed, we were doing these so that we can put them in wherever, and we weren't going to talk any current news. Remember? <laughs> Jeez. Well, excuse me. This is what you get for missing staff meetings, Doctor. Ah, doctor? Doctor. Okay, so nothing's been going on, and we live in a vacuum. <laughs> so moving right along to the book. There is no news. So, start again. Try again. Hello. Hello. Echo, echo, echo. Hi, Mom. Now pitching Manny Mota. Welcome to Avengers Spotlight. Light, light, light. With me, with me today, day, day is, say your names, boys. I don't remember my name. <laughs> Glad somebody else doesn't remember something. That was Paul, and the other giggling little girl is Scott. Some people Iowa. say some people say I've been given a bad break, but today I feel like the luckiest man to record this episode because it's taken forever. I state your name and very happy to be here on this episode. Yeah, you are. Because you just love the Celestial Madonna saga because we're coming down to the end. Well, not really. We still have this one, one more, and one more after that. So we're getting there. We're almost done. Yeah, we have three three more to the Celestial Madonna story. But then we go on to the Avengers fighting Kang in the Old West. I'm not sure exactly which issue we're going to pick up on for that. But I definitely want to cover that in conjunction with this. It will be an extension of this, but not really. Conjunction function. What's your function? Fighting Kang in the old west with two guns. <laughs> but we'll get to that when we get there. Right now we're doing Avengers 134. Shall I get into the indicia? Please. Yeah, the indi- Please the do. Indi- the indicia exposure. Oh. Avengers 134 came out in April of 1974. Five, with a wonderful, fantastic cover price of 25 whole cents. A quarter! A small quarter you could purchase this off the stands. Ugh. Such, such a heartbreaking sight. If only comics were this cheap, I'd buy more of them. But they're not. So, I don't buy that many of them. Don't know where that was going. Anyway, our cover is by... Anybody want to guess? Cover? I don't yep. think you need to guess. I think it's pretty clear who, who drew this cover. Really? Yes. Who do, you, who, who do you think drew it? It's Gil King. Oh, okay. You are right. Well, I, I didn't I, think we had too much of a nose shot. I mean, maybe Thor. But, you know. Oh, I, I okay. think I think it's very obviously Gil Kane. Yes. You, uh, well, uh, Joe, um, Joe, Joe Sinnott and John Romita did some of the inks on it, though, too. So... It's weird because on Marvel.com they credit Sal Buscema as the cover artist, and yeah, I definitely see some Kane in there. Uh, I don't know who his collaborators might be as far as because hmm, my Avengers Kane, book has but... Gil Kane as the pencils and Sinet yeah. Ramita as the inks. Yeah, yeah I, I, I do not see too. Sal Buscema in this. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, I hmm. think they're wrong. Well, that would yeah. be a first. <laughs> the internet really? is wrong. Say it ain't so. Everything I've ever heard on the internet has been correct until today. Hey, and well, and on our cover we have the original uh, 
the original Human Torch looks like he was getting some type of exam by the Thinker. Mm-hmm. He's got a face again. Yes, he does. He has a face, and he's got a mean face and some flaming pecs and some flaming underarm and some flaming That's hair. That's the Mad Thinker? Oh, I thought that was Ross Webster's sister from Superman 3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice haircut. <coughs> mm-hmm. And in the background, we have uh, the Vision... Iron Man and Thor smashing through, but this is not something you're going to see in the um, in the book. So this is really like a fake advertisement. Yeah, this is they sh- kind of been doing a lot of that during this edition yeah. of Celestial Madonna story. I've noticed that's the shape of things to come in the future of uh, comics. Something happens on a cover that doesn't happen in the book, right? So we can trace it back to here. But yes, we've got Thor, uh, Iron Man, because is the Iron Man with the nose. And, does uh, he does he look like he's jamming a cartridge into an Atari twenty six hundred? The thinker, yeah, yeah. Or maybe maybe he's trying to co- contact his uh, his secretary, Miss Tessmacher. Oh. <laughs> so uh, and it says featuring the long awaited origin of the Vision. Slay them, my android, for the Human Torch to live. The Avengers must die. And again, that's something that just does not happen in a book. Oh. We were hoping they'd all die. We're going to move on. Our story is the time... Does the torch look naked, by the way? Um, Not really. I think he was always, when he was flaming, you know, you weren't really supposed to see the clothing. Just a a general physique. Yeah. I mean, there is no clothing lines. Right. Flaming form. So, I mean, we... Yeah, he could be, I guess, if you would like to go there. I... I, Not necessarily. I'm just saying it kind of kind of gives that impression, I thought. Maybe not. Hmm. Moving on. Moving on. Mad Thinker is a snappy dresser, though. It's it's funny, because I'm wearing that same outfit now. (laughs) Well, it looks good on you. Including including the yellow sash uh, across my waist. The Mad Producer. It's a cummerbund. Okay, cummerbund. Button-up green shirt. The Mad Producer. (laughs) Is that what you said? The Mad Producer, yeah. I predicted you'd say that. (laughs) <laughs> oh god don't get me started with that. there was a 92.3 percent chance i'd say that i have that too you need, you need to get, get the haircut to go with it <laughs> dye your hair red i want i want the eyebrows like him he wants the per look <laughs> <laughs> all right bill synopsize that is a pretty cro magnon um there uh yeah uh unibrow he's got there anyway the ties that bind. Credits. Our writer is Steve Englehart. Our pencils are done by Sal Busema. The inks, or as they like to say on the inside, the embellishment, is by Joe Staten. The letter is Tom Wozikowski. Phil Rachelson is the colorist. And Len Wein is the editor. Now, I'm going to do read this, read two things, in because I'm using the Avengers... The official handbook of the Avengers, blah, 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 blah. And they have it broken into flashbacks and synopsis. So I'm going to read the flashback section first, and then I'm going to read the synopsis. And then we'll cover the book. So it goes like this. Then the flashbacks, the ancient scrolls approach Hala's primitive Cree and Kotate peoples, which we saw last issue, offering advanced technology for resources and stage a contest to see which race will represent Hala in the Skrull Alliance. 
Fearing they will lose, the Kree massacre the Kotate people. And when the scroll party objects, oh, not that type of party. The Kree slaughter them and steal their technology. A-holes. The slain Kotate's bodies release seed pods, ew, that produce new Kotate who spend centuries in hiding, developing telepathic powers but gradually losing their physical mobility, much like I'm doing. The warlike... Um, the warlike Kree use stolen stolen scroll technology to build an interstellar empire locked in endless war with the scrolls. In the Kree year 476, an emerging Kree pacifist movement is persecuted and driven underground, where they hone their martial arts and mental abilities. The long-hidden Kotate forge an alliance with these pacifist Kree. The Kree pacifists form an organized philosophy run by priests and based in a temple where they hide the Kotate. The pacifists repulse an unprovoked Kree military assault on their temple, but the supreme intelligence uses this as an excuse to exile the priests to a dark prison, a dark barren prison world, which I believe turns out to be... Uh, oh, no, wait, oh, no, I will get there. The Kotate guide the planet-destroying Starstalker to the priest prison world, which we saw, I believe, in Avengers 124... But we didn't cover that yet, or maybe we will in the future. <clears throat> Where the priests find a way to defeat the creature using molten lava. The priests warn the supreme intelligence of the Star Stalker and offer to dispense in pairs to all known inhabitant worlds to act as guardians against its threat. Uh, its threat. Skeptical of the threat, but glad to be rid of the priests, the supreme intelligence agrees. Guess he wasn't so smart after all. And the priests spread across the cosmos in teams of two secretly taking the Kotate with them. Priests Sondar and Tares travel to Earth and settle in what will become Vietnam, planting a garden of Kotate there. In 1949, this we're jumping to another flashback now, the Human Torch and Toro are captured by gangsters wielding flame-retardant paralyzing chemical solution XR. The Torch is buried in the Nevada desert where atomic tests accidentally revive him in 1953. His power is becoming unstable. The Torch says goodbye to Toro in 1955 and flies back into the desert where he tries to destroy himself in a burst of Nova Flame. Mad Thinker finds the inert human Torch in the desert. Mad Thinker revives the android Torch, pitting him against the uh, the new human Torch, Johnny Storm, and Storm's FF partners and their allies, Wingfoot and Lockjaw. The android Torch turns against the Thinker, who computerized, whose computerized aid, Quasimodo, blasts the android seemingly, seemingly fatally. The Thinker flees, and the FF leave the Torch's inert body in the Mad Thinker's lab. Ultron breaks in into the Thinker's lab. Mortis sends the Avengers and Mantis back in time. And that's the end of our flashbacks. Now for the synopsis of the story. This will make sense later. Trust me. Yeah, right. <clears throat> oh, I thought I'd get a rise out of you two, but I guess not. Huh? Hey, nothing. Were you, were you speaking? Nothing. Oh, are you done? No. Now we on the Now we're on to the synopsis. Uh, a, what a, the hell have you been doing for twenty minutes? I've been reading the flashbacks. Flashback. Oh, a synchro staff tasked with revealing Mantis's origins continues to guide Hawkeye, Iron Man, Mantis, and Thor through ancient interstellar history, which I just read before, revealing secrets of the Kotate, the Kree, and the Skrulls including how Cree pacifists founded Earth's Priests of Palma and established a garden of sentient Kotate. 
the same garden where the Avengers recently buried the swordsman. Meanwhile, a second Synchro Staff guides the Vision through secrets of his past life as the android Human Torch. And Moon Dragon comes to Avengers Mansion where she and Jarvis prove unable to contact the Avengers in Vietnam. Moon Dragon tries to convince Scarlet Witch to accompany her to Vietnam and in, to, to investigate, but the witch, darkly changed in voice and manner by her ongoing sorcery studies, refuses to go along. Mystically wards off a curious Moon Dragon's telepathic probing, <laughs> if you want to call it that, then returns to her studies with Agatha Harkness. Creepy. Back in Vietnam, as their time trip ends, the Avengers and Mantis materialize in the present-day version of the Priest Kotate Garden, where they find Libra and a green glowing version of the Swordsman, promising more explanations. The exposition is what this book is all about. It's this book. Exposition, exposition, exposition. Uh-huh. <laughs> I sound so enthused. Come on, man. You done? I'm done. All right, see you all next week. All right, next. Oh, now, thank God. We're moving right along with this saga. Oh, wait, we got to cover <laughs> the book now, don't we? Damn it. Opening splash. Interesting. I like the art. They're traveling in a giant egg, maybe? I don't think that's... Uh, I think it's just like an air bubble. Ball of energy. Cosmic. Hey, I'm just checking back in. Is he done yet? Who's it? Well, he says he is. Yeah, oh, now okay. we're on page one. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. I'm just in time. Did you Did you finish what you were taking care of there? <laughs> <laughs> the world may never know. You had to go talk to the synchro staff? <laughs> is that what you're calling nowadays? It says prepare yourself, Scott. Oh, sorry. Is it is it that or is it like a uh, like a portal open you know that's been opened up? Now it looks like they're traveling through space because well well they left supposedly they're traveling <clears throat> through space and time because they go out to um, um, I mean because the first part I mean the first couple pages here covers the flashbacks we just talked about. I mean, it's right. kind of like the first two pages is a re- recap of what we just learned last issue. Pretty much. Right. Well, that's, that's, they made a habit of doing that back in these days where they would, you know, have, have two pages of flashbacks to catch you up to where you're supposed to be, which made it right. that much easier for them to write a story because they could cut two pages off of it. Mm. So, yeah, the first two pages, I mean, you got them flying through space, uh, you know, and the, and the synchro staff, which we've learned later is a space phantom says, prepare yourself, Avengers. Our journey through time and space nears another point of importance. Oh, oh wait, 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 wait. Importance, excuse me. If I'm going to look important, I'm going to... No, if I'm going to be important, I might as I well look important. Be important, I'm going to look about... Yeah, I know, I messed that one up. Wait a minute, I just realized I missed the last issue. You yes, did. The bastards recorded without me. <gasps> and, and, if, and if you actually cared about the show, which I'm not saying you don't, but you don't, um, oh. it, it posted yesterday <laughs> as we recorded. Because well, I, uh, I was looking at the, the whole opener of this and the whole first part where, where Thor's holding that staff. I'm like, I don't remember this. Where did he get this staff? Okay, so I missed a chapter. Damn it. It's the, it's the staff of Ra. <laughs> it's got no Kadan in it. So like the, you have to take away the, one Kadan. The Spear of Destiny or something. Okay. Hang on for a second. I have to open the door for my children. I'll be right back. Do, 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 do.
I picture Paul doing like a Mission Impossible thing right now. Dun, 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 dun. So this Star Stalker thing, I didn't remember this, but the, this isn't part of the Celestial Donna, Madonna story, so we didn't we didn't cover this issue. Well, no, because it took place. It took place back. I just, I from what I remember. Well, I got the book in front of me. Uh, oh, I want to say it, yeah. it was after the stuff with the Zodiac. I believe yeah. right after the Zodiac finished. Yeah, up. I know we did not cover this issue because I would have remembered this ridiculous looking monster in this book. Yeah, he looks like a. Uh, What's I the first know. issue of the? Celestial Madonna saga. Then, What's... I'm looking. Oh, actually, I've got it in a note on the desktop. I thought I did. The reading order. Oh, like a real job. Nope, nope. Celestial Madonna reading order. It started. Off I know with it's one twenty-nine. Nope, it started off with one twenty-nine. One twenty-nine, and then okay. went to Giant Size Avengers two. I'm back. And in the giant size, like should be four. I mean, we're in 34. It seems like we should be further along, but we had all those giant sizes. Yeah, we had two giant sizes. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Okay. Right. So yeah, so 125. Because we, we when, when it was doing that flashback to the Star Stalker, I'm like, I don't remember that at all. So that makes sense why I don't remember it, because it, it's not part of the not part of the saga. Okay. It's, yeah, but I mean, it relates to it, but it's not in the actual consecutive issues that we're going through right yeah it was at the tail end of the uh of the uh the zodiac stuff basically well as illustrated here in these flashbacks in 134 it's not near as ridiculous looking as it is in the actual issue because i just looked at it and it's i mean granted it's a different artist but it's really really silly looking and uh i thought it looked similar actually i'm gonna have to look back now I'm looking at the cover to 124, and the cover was John Romita. Oh, the cover! The cover it looks more threatening than it does in the actual issue, if I remember. Well, on the cover, he looks more like that. Oh, who is that dinosaur guy that Spider-Man fought? Stegron. Say, yeah, yeah. He looks more like Barney. I think that doesn't work. I thought inside he looked similar to the way he looks in as he's. Yeah, isn't he like solid red? Yeah. Well, he's he's red and scaly, except when he kind of goes through his molting thing and then he becomes uh you know like very smooth red he's like a teenager yeah okay food food yeah he's just like a teenager oh yeah i see what you're talking about okay yeah all right anyway back to 134 back to our regularly scheduled issue so where are we so well we're just recovering the the whole flashback of the last issue of where they discover about the uh the how the the Kree basically slaughtered all the plant people and then killed the scrolls and took their technology and basically led to the whole Kree scroll war because the Kree were a bunch of douchebags. They really were. <laughs> but then, yeah. then you, see, you see them on on the uh, third page where they're walking across in the middle. They're like, ah, yeah, look at me. I'm all buff. All right. That panel you're, you're pointing to, this was my biggest issue with this entire issue because it says right there, it says, we are now in the Cree year 476 when the blue men yeah, have scaled yeah. the... And I'm like, wait, what blue men? Yeah, I know, they're not blue. It's, it's uh, the blue yeah. man group. They're very popular in certain in certain areas. Oh, okay. So this guy that's strutting across is actually on his way to a blue man group concert? Uh, apparently, according to the... Uh, uh, that's why he's strutting, because he's got tickets. Okay. Yeah, I got tickets. Sense. I'm heading over there with my red blazer. 
And my purple pants. <laughs> yeah, my purple speedos. Yeah, if you like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see. I mean, but this this is interesting I'm though. The, the way they pacifist Cree on the <laughs> That's what I was just gonna say. It's interesting the way they broke it up into the pacifist Cree and then the uh, you know the Schwarzenegger Cree. <laughs> And if you look, the 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 pacifist Cree are all like they're all skinny and out of shape. You're puny. You're a bunch of puny men. I'm gonna whip you with a cat of nine tails. Well, it's because they're starving or something, right? Uh, well, it says they're power hungry. They're oh no, that's hungry. the other ones. <laughs> that was stupid, but I still laughed. <laughs> You're stupid. And then, then they say, "Remember, remember the star star the star stalker told us about them." This is the other thing that made me crazy in this issue. All right, it's not bad enough that we're we're descending into ridiculousness with the with the broccoli people and everything. But they they run away and they hide themselves in the basement of this abandoned building and that's where the the priests find them. Tell me let me team up with them. Knowing knowing this era of Marvel Comics, you read the untold story, right? Right. Are the are the are the or Kotati are they marijuana? <laughs> Ooh, you know what? Okay, that actually that's, makes that's why a they're growing bit... in the basement of the of the of the ah. pacifist creek. You know, they're very enlightening, man. They open up your mind. <laughs> you know, we got a lot of power being used in this building, this abandoned building, for no apparent reason. So a lot of lights on down here. What I want to know is, you know, what? I meant to look. I mean, shit, I got my iPad right here. I can look it up myself. I'm curious. Is Kotati is that is that uh, maybe like a foreign pot. word? Well, yeah. Like I'm wondering, like know. in another language, does that mean like broccoli or weed or something? You know, is it actually a word or is it just made up? Since it's an incorporated city in Sonoma County, California, <laughs> they're all plants, pod people. <laughs> hey, maybe that's where maybe they named it after this comic took place. Uh, Kotati, pacifist race. Uh huh. Okay. Well, I'm not finding anything other than this California thing, but I don't know. I just this. Ka- I mean, Kotati, Kotati, dreaming on such. I don't. I don't want to. That's horrible. I don't want to beat a dead horse. You guys know I'm not the biggest fan of this story, but this this is largely why I'm not a big fan of this story. Is that this is where it gets silly. Or sillier. I was just gonna say, this is where it gets silly. Well, you know, when it when it starts bringing in the 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 you know the broccoli people, you know, and then the the things that happen with this, just it, it just really starts to get ridiculous. So yeah, I was I was not a fan of that part of the chapter, although I like the stuff with uh, with the Human Torch because. Uh, over time, I've I've become quite a fan of uh, of the Jim Hammond um, Human Torch and Toro. I think they're kind of they're kind of cool and interesting characters because they kind of got that 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 DC thing going on you know, with the with the legacy heroes and mm-hmm. you know they they owe back to to World War II and all that. I I kind of like that. I, I like what they've done with them in recent times. So yeah, I, I liked this. I like that chapter of this story, but the overall issue. Um, as as a continuing portion of the Celestial Madonna story just kind of left me cold. Although I, it was kind of interesting to see a little bit more of the origin of the the Kree Skrull, uh, you know, their their continuing 
war with each other. You know, the you know the reasons why they don't like each other and all that was kind of you know it's kind of interesting, kind of enlightening, I guess. Well, we're getting away from the kind of paging through this thing, but I, I you know as long as you're making that point, um, I kind of agree with you because I did find the Cree scroll and how their uh, war began and how the aggression started and everything. I found that kind of interesting, and I thought. It was well done because it had been established that they had this uh, animosity, but they never really said why. So I like that and they did that. And you always assumed it was the scrolls, the way they're portrayed. Uh, yeah, yeah, actually I did. I always thought the Kree were like the, the better of the, you know, lesser of two evils, effectively. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then in the last issue, the way the Kotati were presented, I didn't really have a problem with that either. It's more in this issue where all of a sudden they start becoming, uh, you know, they, they, they lose their ability to, to, to move around. They just, you know, literally become plants. And it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, you know, it's like, really? What, what you know, what? I, I don't get it. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, with the exception of Marvell, the Cree are dicks, right? Uh, I think there are other exceptions, but yeah, mostly. Okay. I think, you know, even, even when, uh, when the Captain Marvel series first began, his, his commanding officer, I think, was named Jan Rog, and he was like Something a real, like real, that. real a hole. Yeah. Well, that that was my biggest takeaway from that series was that he was like the noble one of his people, but ultimately, the the whole reason that they were here in the first place was that they were they were conquerors. You know, they were they were a warlike race. And I was trying to remember other times that I had you know, read stories with the Cree or whatever. And, and most of the time, you know, yeah, they're, they're not, they're not nice people, you know? Yeah. I'm sure there are other exceptions to that rule. And I'm trying to think of some off the top of my head, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm coming up kind of blank. So let's see, where will we page in through this thing? Are, are, are the Kotati? Uh... They find the Kotati and they find that they've uh, basically hidden the cellar forever and now they can't move. So the, uh, the priests agree to, Hang out and form a friendship. <laughs> well, with the with the pot thing aside, because I, I don't know. I mean, do you know that for a fact? No, no, no. I that's that's I something I'm just speculating on right now. Reading this, saying, "Hmm, <laughs> this seems just too convenient." Growing it in the basement, right? <laughs> no, I think that's a good guess, and I would not at all be surprised if that is true. But where I was going originally is that, you know, the the pot thing aside, they are plants. So how exactly are they continuing to exist in the basement of you know they they've lost their mobility so you know you would presume being plants they would need sunlight and everything right but they're they're deep in the the dank basement of this building so how well, are they continuing to exist well, you well, can grow like mushrooms in a deep dank basement so I yeah, mean, you can grow yeah. some things but uh, maybe the sunlight mm, came okay. in through a basement window oh sorry. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you that it defies some logic that they would be in the uh, the dank, <laughs> and 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 we, you know, we're not even giving them the word dank. It's actually put in here, right? Yep. So yeah, it's so I got to make a comment about Iron Man's. Uh, he just says two words after the staff says Kotate needed need the care they cannot provide for themselves, and the pacifists wish to learn the plant's knowledge of the mind. It will prove a most remarkable association. And Iron Man's like, he knows that they're pot and says, I'll bet. <laughs> I, I yeah, definitely, right. you know, the more I, the more we're thinking about it, the more I think that analogy is correct. <laughs> I think the Kotati are Mary Jane. 
And whoever <laughs> called it that? Remember when in school when they used to say, you know, different names for it? Mary Jane. And nobody ever called it that. Yeah, I've never heard of it. Hey, man, like you got a nickel bag of Mary Jane, teacher, man. I've never heard anybody call it that. My dad always said, you smoking dope? <laughs> no. I learned it from you. So then <laughs> after the I'll bet, we switch over to the origin of the vision. Mm-hmm. Now, right off the bat, they're, they're attacked by a guy with a kind of a super soaker. <laughs> and that knocks them out. It's filled with solution XR, though. Uh-huh. XR. It'll paralyze Have a taste of Solution XR, hot shots. Yeah, I guess it'll. It's he says it'll paralyze you. So I guess Solution XR is it's more effective than uh, Adhesive X, at least. Special delivery from the USSR. <laughs> I love the way the guy's running on the panel pre- previous. He's, he's got the the mouth open. Ah, he's got the bag of money. That's a sound you see him as special. Yeah. Yep. Yep. is spitting his mouth too. Ah! He turns to get to his little canister. He looks like he has a couple of, like, alien fangs. <laughs> ah, he's a snake man. But they have time to drive out to Nevada and dump him in a hole. Yeah, where are they taking him from? Uh, New York City. Maybe That's what I'm California. saying. Did they drive from New York to I Nevada? I think maybe they're in Los Angeles, maybe. Um, or maybe they're in Vegas. Vegas, maybe. They're in Las Vegas. They just went out right in the desert, you know. All right, whatever. He lay there conscious but helpless. Boy, Buried him alive. alive. <laughs> Buried alive. Well, that would explain why I have a fear of being buried. Oh, really? And then somebody <laughs> dropped a bomb on him, baby. Yucca flats. And he was free. And he flamed around full of radiation. Everybody wave hello. Yeah. I think I've read this the story that's footnoted here, the young men number twenty four. I think I've read that one. I don't believe I ever have. <laughs> I think they may have reprinted it and uh remember when they were doing those what was it, seventieth anniversary, I think? Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, not long ago. I, I mm-hmm. think they reprinted that story in in a backup in I don't know, it was like uh oh god, what's the the Invaders. I think there was an Invaders special where they may have reprinted that. Either that or I, I dug it up on my own, I think. But anyway, and then yeah, because I got divisions. interested in this whole timeline of uh, of the Human Torch and everything and, and Toro. And the Vision's just so, you know, look at them cheering him. He was as much an android as <laughs> I, yet his human appearance and manner gained him the acceptance I've never known. But you know I'm glad for him sniff <laughs> sniff shut up <laughs> it looks like he's doing a little dance step the way he's saying he's using he's using the the staff as a cane if you're blue and you don't know where to go to <laughs> why don't you go where 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 fashion sits i'm not a rich <laughs> you could uh you know, you could Photoshop a little microphone on the end of that stand right there, and he's, you know, he's on stage. Just put, a, like, a diamond on the end of it. Like, it's a di- he's like he's like a pimp. Maybe a little top hat. With that cape, maybe he's doing a James Brown song. Ah, jump back! <laughs> so, I'm going to blast myself. So, so why, now, why exactly does the torch have to go Nova and sacrifice himself? Um, the radiation well, no, I absorbed is ra- causing my no, metabolism no, 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 to speed no, no, up. No, 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 no. The radiation. <laughs> He's burning out, losing control. <laughs> Breaker three. That's. I, I don't but know no, that he, that really he, makes he didn't any make sense. Make himself go Nova. He was going to go Nova, and yeah. he got away from everybody. 
Right. I guess. I want to be alone. And, oh, no. I remember that, too. <laughs> and and the synchro staff has had quite enough of the vision. Don't dwell upon it. Come on. There's more. Let's go. Let's get this book over with. Right. right. But, but let's get back let's get back to the priests of Pama. Meanwhile <laughs> Mantis is like us. Onward and onward we journey, yet this one only becomes more confused. <laughs> you ain't the only one, honey. For this first time she feels empathy to be more a curse than a blessing. So many sensations assail her as we pass through time in addition to all the facts. <laughs> and Hawkeye's just He's like, relax. He's like, relax, lady. He's got his hands behind his head, his bow strapped across him. He's like, yeah, yeah, you said. You know, you don't go for uh, frivolity, but it's uh, better than flipping out. He's just along for the ride. He's just here to see what's going on. So we get more of the uh, the tales of the horrible Cree beating up on the pacifist Cree. But now they've learned to defend themselves. So I guess if you defend yourself, you can still be a pacifist, I guess. Well, you could be a pacifist like, by like, not starting like the Fu. fights. Yeah. Then we get the, the next uh, shot of the Supreme Intelligence. He looks like he should be going, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> It's Green Albert. It's like a giant pudding pop. Ah, uh, yes. The summoning, the summoned substance of the mightiest minds of Cree history and ruler of their of the Empire. Yes, the supreme intelligence. Just because you took a thousand stupid people and put them together in one brain doesn't make them supreme intelligence. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anybody that's watched Red Dwarf will kind of get what I mean by that. Because the ship's computer had an IQ of a thousand, but it was of a thousand gym teachers, was the joke. So, so now the, <sighs> the, the Dicky Korea like being more Dicky than ever. Maybe they'll start their own empire, you, you, Jan Burr. The scum empire. Ha <laughs> ha. Jan Burr. Was that Raymond Burr? Oh. It's his cousin, Jan. <laughs> it looks like a, I think we said it the other, the last show you and I did, but that could almost be like something in a Hostess Twinkies ad. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> Let's that's the level of dialogue. Twinkies. Maybe we'll start our own Hostess uh, Cupcakes factory yeah <laughs> whatever all i know is that somebody could make a fortune selling toupees on cree <laughs> it's like everybody's freaking bald on this planet that the women there was a page earlier uh, the there was a woman that had black hair really i'm flipping back to try to find that yes it's on uh, page seven the same page where uh, they're spraying the solution xr on the torch yep Oh, yeah, sure enough. Page. Hmm. Go figure. Okay. Weird. And I think we're going to get a Cree who has uh, a goatee in a moment. Oh, yeah, there was one earlier, I, I noticed. Would it be a Cree tea? <laughs> All right, where are we at in this thing? So, well, we're the, the Star Slayer's about to attack. Yes, because uh, we're still going through... Uh, all right, so now they've... Uh, uh, they dumped... The pacifist Cree on the planet, that's where they encounter the Star Slayer. The Star Stalker, sorry. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Now, I'm not 100% sure. What What is the purpose of this being? Uh, well, I guess Cell they encounter trips. them and they're, they're able They This is how they tied into that early book. Um, 
Oh, what the purpose of the creature? Uh, I got the. Yeah, I mean, did who sent him there? And I, I don't know because he 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 basically killed all the pacifist Crees in the temple in that issue, didn't he? Mm, I believe. I can reread it. It's been so long. Well, no, because they defeat him. They they. Oh, you mean in that issue? Because yeah. this is a flashback. Yeah, because that's the whole reason they're on the Earth is to uh, uh, to help, I guess, stand ready to defend uh, or tell the supreme intelligence when they're coming. Yeah, so uh-huh. yeah, they they basically send him running for his life, and the goateed Cree is standing there looking, you know, look, I'm buff too, yeah. <laughs> The Kree. So we get to a point where Moondragon is landing back at the Avengers Mansion and she meets up with Jarvis who looks like he's having a bad hair day for his little hair ring. <laughs> he looks like he looks like Professor X. <laughs> Especially with the headphones on. The headset. Yeah, a little bit. Especially in the close up. That could be Professor X. He's got the eyebrows. You can't really see his hair because of the headset. And then uh, Wanda comes down deep in the throes of uh, that time of the month. No, I mean, uh, some mystical magic thing is going on. Yeah, that's it. Silence! You think that because I am engaged in the most serious study of my wasted life, I am on a... Oh, hi, Jarvis. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good old Agatha. And then the Moon Dragon, her voice, her very manner. This is not the Scarlet Witch I came to know during the Thanos War. Something has changed her unfavorably. Yeah, no kidding. So come with me to Vietnam. Agatha Harkness's head is so skinny, she looks like she's related to Kaori Mundi. It's crazy. Look how skinny her head is. <laughs> she looks like Peter Capaldi as Doctor Who. <laughs> she's got a very long head. She's got a huge head. So uh, glorious mane of hair, though. Scarlet Witch and Moon Dragon start to uh, have a little cat fight. <laughs> yeah, and she, Moon Dragon gets her butt kicked. Yeah, she she beats her with a couple of uh, wood shingles. <laughs> <laughs> wood shingles and some sheets. Because now she can control she can control cotton thread, and all of the things organic. Well, okay. All right. So cotton. Well, all right. So furniture's wood. Do we still consider it organic because it's not alive anymore? Would it still be organic? You you know where I'm going with that? I mean, like a cotton thread, is that still... When it's removed from the plant, would we could still consider that organic, I guess? Doesn't, or, doesn't organic mean that it hasn't been processed? Hmm. Like that, I see it, that it's found in nature in that format, in that form? Yeah, once you've made it into a curtain, what is it? They're organic curtains. We just grew them yesterday. Organic definition of organic by Merriam-Webster. Ah, of relating to arising in a bodily organ. Okay, affecting uh, relating to arise from living organisms. Organic evolution, uh, having systematic coordination of parts, organic organic whole. Ah, of relating to or containing carbon compounds, relating to being or dealt by a branch of chemistry concerned with the carbon compounds of living beings and most other carbon compounds. 
Uh, maybe you could... Okay, alright, I'll let it slide. Not that Stan was like, they were looking up this stuff and thinking about it. So, Well, this was Steve, Steve Englehart, so let it go, let it slide. Not going to no-prize it. So then we get back to the mad thinker, who's, <laughs> who's just who, ha- exactly. who just happens to have a uh, a trap no, door in the middle of the desert. <laughs> no, 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 no. You got to back up. <laughs> the one I seek, I the one I seek would have known he was dying. I can calculate at what point he would know it. The links of his surprise, anger, sadness, resignation, planning, and leave taking, his speed of flight, his desire to cause no harm will be here. He points to the ground. Like, really? Get out of here. You're ridiculous. So he can calculate a being's emotions and figure out exactly where he's going to land. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but in the middle of little, in the middle of the desert, I alone have found the human torch, and now I take him down into my trap door in the desert. <laughs> Ridiculous. And he constructed this whole underground lab just f- to work on the Human Torch. For him, I will discover... It's it's almost like he's got a thing for him, doesn't he? For him, that I construct this underground laboratory. For him, will I discover the secret of Android Resurrection? Because I am the master of androids, and he will be the very first one. <laughs> how, does he get, how does he become his master? He revives him, and then he just says... Now you serve only me, and Torch says, uh, okay. Nah, uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, then when they defeat him, what a dick Reed Richards is. Yeah. Hey, hey Reed, are we just going to leave him here? Shouldn't we have a burial? This is after he says, men may call him an android, but he proved to be as human as any. Then he follows with, dust to dust just doesn't seem to apply to him, old friend. He was born in a lab, so this is a more fitting resting place. Let's just leave and not bother with him. That's a better resting place I come to than I have ever known. That is very dicky. And then Ultron breaks in. When he comes through, it's almost like he should be going, Oh, yeah! (laughs) Crump! (laughs) Hey, Ultron! Mad thinker makes me think of Dr. Shrinker. From the Croft uh, superstar, uh, Sid and Marty Croft thing, you know, Doctor Shrinker, Doctor Shrinker, the Mad Thinker, the Mad Thinker. Anyway, so Ultron that. Five. Mm. But we'll have to wait. Ultron Five is the first Ultron we met, I believe. I don't think we met one through four until later in flashbacks. Ultron One, Ultron Two, Ultron Two, Ultron Three, Ultron Three, Ultron Four, Ultron Four, Ultron Three, Ultron Five, Ultron Four, Ultron Four, Ultron Five. Hi, I'm Ultron 5. So now on the... Uh... Well, the original Ultron's the one that looks like your your classic, like, 50s boxy cleaner. robot with... Yeah, like a vacuum <laughs> cleaner type of thing. But then when he makes his human body, that's Ultron 5, right? So it just skips... Yeah. Yeah. Well, there must have been three test subjects that didn't work, though. Otherwise, why would you go right to 5? One was a toaster. Another one was a fan. But I don't even think we met Ultron 1... Until it was a flashback, right? Wasn't it? Oh, the, they, uh, wasn't they it the robot he was yeah. gonna? I thought Ultron Five was, was the first create... one we met. No, that was okay. I'm thinking. I think you're first. right. Yeah. Anyways, on, on the Cree homeworld, they're having a uh, a sale at the uh, local nursery. <laughs> you just pick up a tree. Come, Get little one. Get we are going for a long, wonderful ride. Wait, no! Don't put me in the oven and dry me out and roll me up and smoke me. Wait, what? Oh, sorry. Not that I would 
know how to do that because I've never smoked marijuana. But I've seen people and I've seen it done. But I might have eaten a kotate in my time. <laughs> just just follow through. They got people walking through the city just carrying their own little kotate with them. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Just getting on a ship. With being banished kotati. to another world by the supreme intelligence. Nothing to see. Just a little plant. It's not a kotate. Really, really nothing. Bye. See you. Come plant some kotate. Yeah, the Let's people that are sending them don't think that this is weird. That they're just letting them dig these plants up and, and take them along with them. They're not, well, they don't question that at all. I mean, because, you know, they convinced the uh, supreme intelligence that they need to all, they need to spread throughout, you know, the galaxy. Uh, basically, he's like, well, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Basically right. what he says. <laughs> so, uh, we we allow to be offered to per, to to uh, we we want to protect the rest of the inhabited galaxy in your stead. Uh, we would fly in groups of two to every inhabited sphere to remain like your sentries until needed. Yeah, yeah. We would never bo- uh, bother you on Hala, and we're just going to take these plants because we want to remember um, Hala. And then the plants are going, we're free, all of us, we're free. And they're going, shut up, you're giving me a headache. we got to get off the planet. I like that they get to Earth and basically a Jiffy Pop tin. Yeah. A little spaceship thing. They land in Vietnam where they have the, uh, the stereotype people running away. <laughs> wow. Look at that guy. But, I mean, yeah, that is kind of bad with the stereotype because when did they... they they landed there like a long time ago because they built that garden and it's not a, I mean, I don't think they landed like last month. <laughs> I mean, they landed. All right. So look, look at that garden. You've got some brush behind it. You've got three palm trees. You've got a tree and then you've got two rows of broccoli people planted in the ground. Mm-hmm. This is, this is, it says at the top millennia ago, Right. So in the following, okay, which they find they will be after many major earthquakes in the following millennia. Right. What? And then train, I imagine. Hey, they're look, standing there's... there looking at admiring their handiwork as they've just planted the Kotati in the ground. And Mantis says, That garden still exists. I'm like, What? How how could she possibly recognize that? Because it's one big tree and a bunch of little trees in the shape right. of a triangle. Right. And the fact and, that it's and, you know, in the temple. Trees don't and, grow at all in a millennia. So they're going to be the exact same. Oh, it's just, it's ridiculous. No, they're, they're a little bit bigger when they get back to there. You know, I, they, I could see it if there was like buildings around or there was some sort of structure or rock garden yeah, or there's something. Nothing. There's, there's nothing. Nothing, nothing at all. She recognized, the, she recognized the formation of trees. Right. Well, and after she does, they return. To, they return to 1975, where they run into plant swordsman. Ooh, eco swordsman, green and swordsman. He, and he says, "You have learned the history. You have learned the history of the Cree universe. Now you shall learn the final explanation. For today marks the coming of the celestial Madonna." <gasps> and then we have a multiple next issue. You'll you'll see it all next month in Avengers 135 and Giant Size Avengers number four. How the Human Torch became the Vision, a menace from beyond, and another mind-boggling surprise. Dun dun dun! You don't want my mind boggled. <laughs> surprise! <laughs> so, what'd you think of this? Yeah. 
<laughs> that, I like the art. Yeah. I wish Joe Staten had a little bit of a stronger hand. I don't see him in the inking. I see Sal Buscema, but it looks like he just kind of, you know, he, he darkened it. He didn't really put any of his oh, own style on it. I, I, again, I have to disagree. I see a lot of Staten in this. Where? Um, in the faces in particular. Um, the, a lot of the faces have a very, I, I'll tell you, here's, here's a great example of where you can see the Staten is stupid pages aren't numbered yes they are. page page seven in the cbr i'm looking at here is it's the page where the torch gets buried out in the desert and then the bomb revives him if you look at the two panels the panel of him putting his arms on toro's shoulders and telling him that he can't come with him and then the panel where he's kind of self-reflecting and he says it's better this way i'll just disappear especially that panel where he's reflecting right there. He looks like E-Man, which was a character that Joe Staten created and, and did the art for, for Charlton comics. Hmm. And that's, that's where I see it. I see it a lot in the faces. Of I'll the give characters. you that looks a little Staten to me. It doesn't look very Staten to me. Hmm. That's that looks know. more, if that I, looks more Staten than the rest of it. If I was to pick it. this issue up cold, I would have, I would have been able to pick the Staten out of it. Although All right, I'll, I'll be honest it. with you. If, if somebody had asked me, did he pencil or ink? I would have, I would have said that he penciled as opposed to inked. Cause I, to me, it looks like, I know it's not, but it looks like Staten penciled it. And then Busima inked it and kind of, kind of, uh, took away this, you know, a lot of the Staten-ness of it. So I see what you're saying, is that Staten you know, didn't really bring a lot of his own style over top of, of what Buscema had already put there. Mm-hmm. So I, I can see that. But See, if you showed me this issue with no credits, I would I would tell you Sal Buscema, but I would not have told you Joe Staten. I would not have known who inked it. I, I, can, I can definitely see the Staten in here. I, I think a lot of that, though, is because... Again, a lot of this stuff reminds me of when Staten was working on um, the uh, the Super Squad, you know, the the, the Justice uh, Society revival, you know, in the early days of that. I see a lot of the same style here. It's probably a similar time period too. I, I haven't looked that up, but I would imagine this was right around the same general time period. This so yeah, seventy five. I, I, I think this, I think state. I think that was a little later than this, but not much. Right. So yeah, I see it. I'm, but I I don't. I'll agree with you. I don't see it in every panel though, because there are a lot of panels where I, I look at it and go, eh, I don't. I don't know if I'd have been able to pick out the Staten in that. But then there's other entire pages where I look at it and go, Yep, that's Joe Staten. So yeah. But I mean, he's the inker. I mean, you know, should he really be changing the art that much? Well, I see. The thing well, is, I always felt with Sal Buscema that he his pencils are very nice. But that he needs a strong inker right. to, to really stand out, and you know he he's one of the few guys. I don't. I most of them I don't want to see the inking too strong. But in the in the, with him, I like when the inking is strong, and then you use his layout, you use his you know his his basic storytelling, but then just kind of make it a little bit more stylized. I, I always found Salvisim. I like him, but I always found them to be just a little. A little more bland than I would like. So when you give him right. a strong anchor and it make it, it eliminates that blandness, then I like him a lot more. That's why I love Sal Buscema inked by Klaus Janssen. Right. Because yeah, you, 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 you know it's it's taking the best of each of them 
and putting it together. Sometimes I saw Klaus Janssen where he would, you know, he would ink somebody and he would put too much of his own style in it and it would lose some of its effectiveness. And I've seen Sal Buscema where he's just inked a little too cleanly and it's not, you know, it's not really getting the, uh, you know, it's the, the page doesn't pop the way you want it to. So that's why I felt that combination. I think that was, I think he was the best inker for Buscema. I need to go back and look and see who uh, inked Buscema on ROM because I, I liked Buscema's art. That's where I started to really appreciate uh, Sal Buscema's art was on ROM because I remember growing up, he, he did a lot of Hulk, and I didn't, <clears throat> at the time, I didn't appreciate his, his work on the Hulk. I, I like it now, looking back on it now, but at the time as a kid, I really didn't like it. But I like this stuff on uh, on ROM. I think I think that looked good. I just I need to go and see who actually did that. But I don't know. I gotta disagree with you. I, I like the art in this. Um, my, I'm not saying no. Is, I'm not saying I don't oh, yeah, like it. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, like I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm saying I would like it more if I think I think if Staten had just been a little bit just a little bit more stylized in the inking. Yeah, I, I'll yeah I can agree with that. I think rather than being stylized to Staten's distinct style, I think a lot of the inking really comes down to just heavy inks, and I'm not I'm not crazy about that. The the heavy inks uh, really make for a dark book, especially in the very beginning. You know, the early chap, you know, the early pages of this, uh, it's very very dark. But I think this is a dark story. I think it's I think no, I that mean, fits. I, that that's fine. I, yeah, I mean, I'm fine with it being a dark story, but I mean, I'm just talking inking-wise. There's a lot of like real thick black lines and everything, and I don't know that that was necessarily the the best the best fit for their two art styles. Because mm-hmm. I'll agree with you, I think that uh, the art could have benefited by being statened up just a little bit more than it actually was. But I don't know if that. Again, that said, though, I, I do like it. I I enjoy the art in this one. Yeah, well, and, you know, again, I, I think I'm, I may be overstating it or making it sound a little bit more <clears throat> strong than I mean to. I'm not saying this is bad. I think the artwork is pretty good. I think the storytelling is excellent. Uh, I just right. I just think that some of the individual issues, some of the individual images would be helped out with just a little bit more uh, of, a, of a stylistic feel to it. They would make them pop more and it would right. make it would make the storytelling jump out at me more. I mean, I thought he made some interesting choices, some of the angles he took here. Uh, like, for example, going to page six of the story, uh, when they show the, uh, well, two panels in particular. The second panel, where it's kind of showing the priests of Palma at an angle, looking downward at them. I think that's a pretty cool stylistic choice. The other shot at the bottom on the left, the panel, which is showing the Kowati that have been slaughtered with the, uh, I guess, the aggressive Cree walking away it, it's showing it like looking up towards them from the slain bodies of the Kotati I think that's another right. really cool angle I think he he made some good stylistic choices here right. and, I, and I think inking it slightly better would have made it pop a little bit better going to the next page the very middle panel of the vision I think he chose to make it too dark which might go with what you're saying uh, and, and it kind of obscures the image which I don't want darkness that way. I hate when they over ink and they obscure the image because of it, because there's really no reason for that. I agree. So, 
What do you think, Bill? Well, I'm not as versed in Joe Staten's style as I am in some other people, so I didn't really notice the the lack of Staten. So for me, I like the art. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I, I just don't. I guess I, I, I haven't been able to. I, I can't, I can't identify him like I can some artists. Well, it's it's funny, you know, when this was coming out and I was whatever, eleven, twelve years old, <clears throat> and I was reading it, you know, I, I didn't really, you know, I paid attention to the art because I was reading the story, but I didn't really care who it was that drew it or you know who what the style was, and you know, when we get to the next issue. Uh, we're going to get to uh, an issue that was uh, drawn by George Tuska. And to me, and I think to you guys as well, there's a distinct difference between George Tuska uh-huh. and Sal Buscema. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But when I was reading this at that age, that didn't jump out at me. I was on, I, I was totally ignorant of it. So, mm. you know, it was still good enough to tell the story even back then. Now, when we get to that next issue, we'll talk some more specifically about the artwork in there, and I'm sure we'll point out a lot of it, points in it where we're not so happy with it, and we're going to have a lot more of them in that issue than we do in this issue. But just the same, you know, when you, when you're 12 and you're reading these things, doesn't really matter that much, as long as they're just telling a story that you can follow. You're good. And surprisingly enough, I was able to follow this because this got really trippy. Yeah. So, I guess uh, you guys want to rate it? Yeah. Uh, sure. Cover. cover. It's a good cover. Um, it's a pretty dynamic cover with, you know, the torch busting out of his... He's melting his bonds that he's strapped down to the table with, and, you know, the Avengers are bursting through. Although, like I said, this is not a scene in the book. Um, I think I'd give the cover... Ooh, I think I'd give it a B plus, A minus. The interior art, I'm gonna give it a. Uh, I'm gonna give it a B plus, A minus as well. And the story, oh boy, wow, it's a lot. It's a lot going on in this book. A lot of exposition and flashbacks of. Uh, uh, but I mean, it does. If you read it slow and take your time, it does kind of make sense and. I guess I'm going to give it a B and uh, give it a B plus overall for me. All right. Uh, I'm not going to be quite as generous as you on the uh, art. I do think the cover is interesting. Like, you know, again, we go to the standard of being at the newsstand and looking at it. And I think the whole concept that they're showing us there, even though it's not one that's within the pages of the issue, is interesting enough that it would make me want to pick it up, even if I wasn't otherwise picking up the Avengers. But I gotta say, I don't think there's any one person in that image who I think is drawn superlatively. Uh, I think the torch is the best one, and even he's got some issues. So I'm gonna say it does accomplish what it sets out to, but it's I don't think it's that great. So I'm gonna say a C plus. The interior art, uh, you know, we talked about it. I I do like it. I don't love it. I think it could it. It's good. It could be much better. So I'm going to say a B minus on the interior art. Story-wise, I'm still where I was the last issue, where I'm enjoying the fact that they're fleshing out this relationship of the Kree and the Skrulls, even though there's really no Skrulls in here uh, to speak of. But and I'm also I've always been a sucker for flashbacks to the Golden Age and and the legacy heroes and all of that. So the fact that he did all of that 
and I'm even getting a greater uh, appreciation for it based on my thought that I came up with here about that the that the Cotati of marijuana. Uh, I just find that very amusing in my mind. So I'm gonna say B plus on the story, and I'm gonna give the book overall a B minus. Um, cover on this one, yeah, I'm not crazy about it. It's a little busy. The angles are a little screwy. Um, I do really like how Thor and the Human Torch look, but they're really the only two on the cover that I, I think look really good. Um, the other ones just, they look wonky. And again, it, 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 this is another one of those co- the covers to me that almost look like it was done with color forms, you know, where, where things were just kind of placed uh, in the cover as opposed to a lot of thought going into, you know, proper placement so it it just looks a little busy and a little weird so not a bad cover but just not the best one so uh cover wise i I think i would go uh um i'm say i think i would go a c minus on the cover because there's a lot of room for improvement there um interior art i really like it you know it does have the issues that we talked about and everything but i think it's interesting I, i looked up joe staten's body of work on mike's amazing world and you know according to that list this is only the 16th book in his credit for joe statens i mean this is still very early in his career so while i agree the art could have really benefited from him taking a little bit more you know active hand and and you know using a stronger ink on this um maybe he just wasn't there yet you know so that said uh i like it again Plenty of room for improvement and all, but I do dig it. So I'm going to say a B minus uh, on the art because I, I really do uh, enjoy this. Uh, you know, even with the, the you know the shortcomings and such. Uh, really, for me, it's the story that's the tough one to grade because I like the vision and Human Torch portion of the story, um, but we don't get a lot of it in this. It's kind of a tease and, and kind of a setup for more that we're going to get in the next issue. Um, but that was really the only portion of this story that I, I did like. And I kind of, I kind of liked learning about the origin of the, you know, the conflict between the, the scroll and the Cree. But other than that, the, the thing with the broccoli people and, and just, uh, there's just, there's a lot of ridiculousness in this. There's a lot of dumb stuff. Um, so I don't know. I don't want to be overly harsh on it, but again, I think I'm going to go a C minus because it's just this is the part in the saga that where it just really kind of jumped the shark for me as far as the actual Celestial Madonna part. I, I like this for the vision portion of it and the Human Torch portion of it, not for anything to do with the the reason that we're covering this at this point because that that story has kind of. At this point, I'm done with it because it just this is where it devolves into complete ridiculousness for me. So, so yeah, C minus there. Um, overall grade for the book, um, I'll average it out to a C. I, I think overall, it's 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 a you know it's a pretty good standard issue. Of the Avengers. All right, and that's our coverage of Avengers 134. The Celestial Madonna story, uh, saga will continue on our next Avengers Spotlight. I don't know if that'll be next week or some weeks from now but one way or the other we will get back to this any closing thoughts guys cotate man whoa <laughs> give me a bag of cotati anyway have, thanks everybody for listening and uh, we'll see you next time bye <laughs>
<laughs> Don't bogart that Kotati, man. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of Demanzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Each and every month, the Two True Freaks Network produces dozens of new and exciting episodes which regularly reach tens of thousands of loyal listeners worldwide. Sponsorship and or advertising opportunities are available. Inquiries may be made via email to twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Past the Kotati on the left-hand side. (laughs) Kotati. Whoa.